Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the Shoots and Ladders podcast. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello, Pat. And we are here today going through our normal rewatch process, um, but we do have a special episode because we have the superstars on the Saturday before pay-per-view and then the Monday Night Raw, which is uh, fairly live after the pay-per-view. So we're going to dive in here. We're going to give you a quick hit. Go over what happened in the Superstars before the King of the Ring. Then we're going to jump into Monday Night Raw, which picks up after the King of the Ring and shows a wonderful, uh, I believe it opens with Yokozuna winning. So it's uh, it's a wonderful spoiler alert. He's going to win. Jen, are you ready to <laughs> ring the bell and get started? Ooh, you put a bell in there. I just did. Also, side note, everybody, if you're enjoying this podcast, we will be um, delaying it even further, which is funny to even say that, um, because you will start to see some Heels episodes come in, because we really do enjoy the show Heels. We're going to be doing a Heels uh, recap after the episodes drop once a week. It'll be eight weeks. It'll be on this feed. So you may only see, you may see Heels come one week, and you might not actually see us respond to what happens in uh, July, Superstars and Raw. But you're definitely going to be getting some podcasts that pop up on the feed. So, Jen, are you ready? Mm-hmm. You look extremely... Just so everybody knows, Jen looks perplexed. As no, yeah, because I didn't mention we, that. I didn't realize we were going to... Well, we said it was possible, so I'm just letting everybody know. Heels. Initial... Uh, they call that a plug of something we're yeah, doing no, on this I, feed. Yeah. It's called a plug. Jen, give me I, a rundown. What happened on the Superstars? Where did it happen? Who was there? What went down? Ooh, I played that this was June, but it wasn't. It was... Oh, it was June. Yes, June 12th. Oh, my God. We're so behind. <laughs> I'm like, I should have had July. But no, it is June. It was in June. Yes. So I was right. Okay. Um. June 12th. I don't know where we are, but probably somewhere we've already been. I'll jump in. June 12th, the 1993 edition of WWE Superstars. So this episode, again, on your Saturday morning, took place May 24th, 1993 in the Metro Center in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. So we're on our Canadian run. It's a Canadian filming day. Here's the matches that we were treated to. We had a Steiner Brothers match versus Iron Mike Sharp and Ralph LaRue. You mentioned during this match that you... No, are more familiar with those jobbers, Mike LaRue... Iron Mike Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike LaRue, then Hulk Hogan. It's at true. At this point. It's true. Because he... <laughs> we had a Razor Ramon, uh, Burt Santino match, uh, a Hacksaw Jim Duggan sighting. He was against Mike Bell. We had The Undertaker with Paul Bearer against PJ Walker, not the XFL quarterback. And we had Money, Inc. against Buddy Lane and Tony Roy. So we had no actual match between what I would call two superstars. Um, each match was basically a vehicle to uh, for the announcers to get you and remind you that tomorrow the King of the Ring was occurring. So please buy it. Um, in the Steiner Brothers match, as, as Jen had already uh, mentioned, just seeing Iron Mike Sharp, I'm like, I've seen Iron Mike Sharp more in this pay-per-view cycle than I've seen Hulk Hogan. Definitely seen him wrestle more. And seeing as though Hulk Hogan, uh, again, spoiler alert, is going to lose coming up. Um... <laughs> Really, I mean, they they have the same record at this point. Uh, tr- uh, yeah, for 1993. For 1993. 
Well, for this little section of 1993. Right. So during the Steiner Brothers match, we were treated to uh, our commentary team of Jerry the King Waller, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. During that match, we were told about the eight-man tag that was coming up. Very exciting. Everybody knows how I feel about eight-man tags that don't actually, uh, you know, that are just a one-fall thing. I mean, it's just complete, utter tomfoolery. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> so how do you really feel about it? Literally like that. <laughs> um, during the Razor Ramon match, we were treated to an intro with Bret Hart on the Jumbotron, absolutely body-bagging Razor Ramon, talking all sorts of shit about how he's going to beat him. And as we discussed last week on our King of the Ring episode, um, there, there wasn't really any residual heat between Bret Hart and Razor Ramon, right? The, really, all of the action is between Razor Ramon and 1-2-3-Kid. So during the Razor Ramon match, 1-2-3-Kid calls in or discusses the $7,500, how although that would be the most money he's ever had in his hands or around him in his life, it's just not something that he can consider because his family could... Uh, yeah, he actually, like, they have him with pre-recorded comments even before the match starts. And then Brett starts a 1-2-3 chant. Yep, then Brett starts a 1-2-3 yeah, chant via the Jumbotron. Yeah. So again, we're just reminded that these two have no actual beef with each other at this point. It's just uh, the number one seed against, as I mentioned on the King of the Ring, the eight seed, Razor Ramon. That's really all that we have. It's just a vehicle to get us to that match we will get between Razor Ramon and 1-2-3-Kid. Side note, Jen, while we're sitting here talking about 1-2-3-Kid and his... Uh, the money that he's held. What's the most amount of money you've ever held in your hand at any given time? Oh. Well, I don't know. A few thousand, probably. I feel like it was, I feel like 10,000 might have been the most I ever held. Maybe. I think. Yeah. I feel like that sounds right. I don't remember why we had $10,000. But I feel like that's the most I've ever held. But I immediately gave it away. Maybe, maybe we're moving something, but I feel like $10,000 seems about right. Yeah. Yeah, like a... I think I paid a contractor or something. Some Something we were doing, maybe $7,000. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty absurd, though, when you have a bunch of money like that. Because you think about it and you're like... It's crazy, yeah. I've held over 100 single bills together. Like 100 ones, mm-hmm. right? So you think about just like the weight of that, like having that, the oh, awkwardness, yeah, and then you're like, okay, so if you had $10,000, the hundred hundreds, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Pretty aggressive. I'm just saying that just as an aside, <laughs> because I don't understand how the one through three kids, well, right $7,500 is all he could muster as the greatest thing he could ever have. He, he's not taking it. I know, because it's not enough. It would be the most amount of money he's ever had. Even though Jerry Lawler meant he could buy a lot of clear so with it. He could, and I think he probably needs it at this stage of the game. But he also... He's, I think, literally a teenager. He's also going to start probably using the, uh, you know, the the T replacement, maybe? I don't know. He's pretty tiny for a while. I have no idea. He's so young, too. Jim Duggan and Mike Bell. Mm. What do you got with that? <laughs> I just <laughs> wrote down that it happened. Yeah, that's about as far <laughs> as I got. And it's, again, it's a vehicle to hype up uh, Hacksaw versus Bam Bam, right? That's happening. King of the Ring. Yeah. 
And I feel like Hacksaw is always good at uh, hyping up Yokozuna matches. You know, I feel like it. Yep. <laughs> the Undertaker against PJ Walker. Now, this was actually the only thing that had nothing to do with the King of the Ring, but did. So during this match, we are treated to a yet another sighting of Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez comes in with Harvey Whippleman, disrupts this match, starts quote-unquote beating up The Undertaker. And as I mentioned to you, I feel like Mark Mark Calloway at this point in his life like could have just really had a career as just being like a corpse on all sorts of murder TV shows. Like he, he could have been pretty good. But he's so, he's he's stock so footage. tall. He's such a big dude and he's ginger that he's not going to like blend in. You're going to be like, I remember that corpse oh, from this other. Magic. You put on like a beard. You put on like a fake nose. Okay. Like he's just, he always plays dead really well. A lot of work for a corpse. But he does. Yes, he, he sure does. So he was again murdered in the ring by Giant Gonzalez. And if you recall, Mr. Hughes was a highly sought after free agent. His services as being a bodyguard was sought after by every heel manager that was available at that time. Hot commodity. But he did sign with Harvey Whippleman, if you can consider it that. Mm -hmm. So Harvey Whippleman also has him come out. Mr. Hughes steals the urn from The Undertaker, hits him with The Undertaker, hits The Undertaker with his own urn, which causes it to break, like dent. And then after he causes it to dent, he... Hits him again with it, this time with significantly less force. So it's more like, hey, I maybe I maybe got a little out of line here on that first one. Let's go a little less. Moral of the story, he's got this urn. <laughs> Chekhov's urn. Mm-hmm. Which will then appear the next day in, for no real reason, he shows up to the ring against Mr. Perfect with this urn and then uses it in front of the ref to get himself disqualified from the King of the Ring. So again, Chekhov's urn. He's still in The Undertaker's Urn. I have a spoiler for you. Yeah. This takes place on May 24th. King of the Ring takes place on June 13th. I have a feeling... It's actually not that far apart. It's actually only like two weeks. Ah, uh, three. But I have a feeling that somehow, on June 14th, Paul Bearer appears with another urn. Just saying, not saying. Just saying, not saying. Because everybody that was... Oh, no, actually, no, 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 that's not true. It's not sure I take that back. When we were watching the episode of Monday Night Raw, which we'll get to in a minute, they rewatch that episode and then they talk over at Mystery Science Theater 3000. The whole match. The whole match. That whole match. Because I remember seeing it going, how does he have an urn? And I think that's what they said too. Like it's so, him having an urn just has so nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with anything. Mr. Hughes taking the urn. Like they, but I have a bigger concern. Okay, fair. Why is Giant Gonzalez still here? What are we doing? Because it's May 24th. What has happened? I thought that he was... That's all. It's May May 24th. He's still doing this run-in bullshit and still causing mayhem. I think we realized when we looked ahead, we peeked ahead, that there could be a final confrontation. Someone could be gone by Who even knows at this point if if this is the final confrontation? (laughs) I think I know because because I feel like when we watched it... Oh, yeah. Where's Undertaker at Survivor Series? I don't remember. But when we first started watching this, mm-hmm. when we first started rewatching it, we did the pay per views of '92, and then we added Monday Night Raw when we got there, and then we just kind of watched the Monday Night Raws, their hour long segments, so you can kind of plow through it pretty quickly. 
We never watch the Superstars episodes. So I think the thing is, he's just at these Superstars tapings, like, at all times. So that's why we keep seeing him, because it's like, we saw him on a couple Monday Night Raw episodes, and then he's fucking gone. He's just, poof, Two pay-per-views now. Mm. He's not even at the King of the Ring pay-per-view. So two pay-per-views now. So that is your answer. It's like, why, is, like, when does he leave? I think very soon. I think it's just we just keep getting inundated with him every week coming in. No, but I forgot about it. He hasn't been there for well, at least I don't remember. A couple him being weeks. There he was like, well, we yeah, we have we haven't been on here in a minute, but I think a couple superstars ago he was. Because again, they they do all these they did these tapings in May shortly after the WrestleMania. Because we got no resolution at WrestleMania, we got uh, we got no resolution at the WrestleMania match. WrestleMania was in April, and we got no resolution because it was a DQ. I have resolved to put it behind me, and yet it keeps coming. Just back. like Hulk Hogan's Eckler. Just like I the, thought you said we jacket. Would, that's something we won't ever speak of again. We won't. So let's stop talking about why okay. we keep seeing Giant Gonzalez with the furry. Because it is going to have to be brought up again at the end of the year. So I wouldn't uh, start bringing up his eye color now because once I start, <laughs> I won't stop. So the last match that we had uh, on this episode of Superstars was the Money Inc. match versus Bobby Lane and Tony Roy. It was, a, it was another tag team match reminding you that these gentlemen will be there at the King of the Ring. Buy the King of the Ring. Call your local cable company now. Gorilla Monsoon was in between here um, doing a King of the Ring report for us in between the first match. So, right. Do you have any notes on that? Or do you have any notes on the vignettes I, that we saw? I have notes on... Yeah, all of it. Okay, so... The first non-wrestling match content we get is a Gorilla Monsoon weekly update and he has photos from the Albany house show mm-hmm. where Sean gets his damn belt back from Marty with Diesel on his side. So um, there's actual photos from that which is fun. <laughs> Just photos. Still no video. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy with it. I'll, I'll take it. And then they have an interview with Crash and an interview with Sean. Um, now trying to get some heat with that. We have one, two, three kids pre-recorded comments that he can't get the shit kicked out of him for $7,500. And Lawler makes the clear soul comment, right? I think we talked about that. In between the Razor Ramon match and the Hacksaw Jim Duggan match, there's a face-to-face with me and Gene, which is your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Interview with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Interview with Lex Luger. Um, I don't have much notes on that. They were just doing their fun little promos, you know? Um, we get an interview with Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji after the Hacksaw Jim Duggan match. Mm-hmm. With Bonnie, uh, Bonnie Blair, Bonnie... Blackstone. Blackstone. Bonnie Blackstone. Black, Bonnie Blackstone. That's a fun name. Yeah. Bonnie Blackstone. Um, and Mr. Fuji is rambling. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> just rambling. And then... Vince McMahon says something about Asian extraction. Oh, very... Asian persuasion? No, he uses the word extraction. Okay. He says Asian extraction, talking about Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji. I don't understand where he gets his vernacular from. putting that together? Where he's putting extraction and Asian together? And then there was some kind of joke that Lawler made about a hook being in Bonnie Blackstone's mouth. Like some kind of like fish joke. He was making a fish joke. (laughs) But it didn't sound like that at first because... 
it, it did use the word gaping, but it was close enough where you kind of got the idea that you're like, I don't think this word is appropriate. I don't think where we're going is appropriate right now. But then it was like a fish joke and uh, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. They were talking yeah. about her mouth in a way that just and seems like a, a little about... It was a little weird. There's like a lot of weird thing, a lot of weird commentary. In general, and also during this interview. Um, but yeah, like, Yokozuna, Mr. Fuji, they're going to bring down Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. They're going to... Death to Hulkamania, and they're bringing down all of America. All at once. America's going to be brought down. Two Americans are going to bring down America from the inside, pretending to be Japanese people. You got it. I do. You got it. That's breaking the game, babe. Okay, King <laughs> of the Ring update. After the Undertaker extravaganza match... Okay, King of the Ring update. We find out that there's a King of the Ring hotline that you can call that has daily interviews from all your favorite superstars. Only in America. I wish. Only in America. That we could still call these hotlines. Uh, I, no, I just I wish that... I would call that, the shit out of them. I wish that, that the content was recorded somewhere, like, online, that you can, like, find it. Like, I know YouTube, that they're just, like, you can click it and hear the phone call. Have you ever looked? Jen, I have not looked. But I believe it's probably out there. Someone probably did this legwork. We could probably find the interview that (laughs) Mr. Perfect was giving prior to the King of the Ring event. Okay. Men on a mission. Have you heard of them? Mom, for sure. I have not heard of them before. No. Okay, well. But spoiler alert, they're coming. They're coming. They have a little rap vignette. Uh, I don't know if you know Men on a Mission. It. It shortens, it shortens to to mom, Mo and Mabel. Mo yeah. and Mabel, everybody's favorite tag team. Um, after the Money Inc. match, there's a face to face with Bret Hart and Razor Ramon, mm-hmm. and that wraps up. That wraps up the superstars. I say the only thing we really need to take from it is that. Giant Gonzalez is still here. <laughs> Mister Hughes is nonsensically stealing people's urns. Um, and there is a King of the Ring hotline. And the 123Kid is not taking $7,500 to get his ass handed to him. He can't and he won't. He can't and he absolutely will not. All right, then we jump right on to the June 14th episode of Monday Night Raw. Day after King of the Ring. But it was taped on June 7th. Oh, was Okay. That at actually... the Manhattan Center, which is going to check out when we go through the rundown of the That does make matches. sense. Yeah. Makes we sense. are reminded by Vince McMahon that next week, the King of the Ring will be live. So next week. Uh, I'm sorry, Monday Night Raw will be live. It's going to be in um, I think the, the Mid-Hudson Center. Oh, the Mid-Hudson. Yeah. In Poughkeepsie, yeah, in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Yep. The Hudson Valley Center, because whatever it is. But it will be live next week, so this week it's not. So that is how they're able to squap in, in the middle of this, that Undertaker match again. They show it again, because again, you're not they're not actually missing any live action, because um, we've already pre-recorded this. Yeah, I think that they're on a every other week is live schedule right now, which works. I mean, they, for the times, they do it in a pretty clever way. It works way better than Superstars trying to get four episodes out of one show. They, I mean, you know. Well, we were, we were treated in the beginning to the Yokozuna win, right? We were advised that he won. We were shown kind of the ending and how he won. Uh-huh. For those that didn't listen to the King of Ring episode too long, didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there was a big, big hubbub 
a big to-do about these photographers that were there from all over the <laughs> fucking world with unfettered access because they wanted to see Mr. Fuji's Yokozuna. Long story short, in the most inopportune time, one of these buffoons got up on the ring apron with a camera that could only be described as a 1920s <laughs> yeah. old-timey camera yep. that definitely didn't have, like, um, what was it called? Like, not auto-zoom, but, like, what would it be, like, so that, like, with the movement, what would it be? Like, because when you're moving, because everybody knows you're supposed to stand still. Like, with these old cameras, they were supposed to be mounted because you're not supposed to be moving with them. Because you're not going to get the right picture. Because they had to, like, wait a second to, like, pull up the lens. So, was it that? It's not autofocus, but it's, like, something that, like, when you're, so, like, it's like, like I, steady capture or something. Definitely not yeah, the right technology. I, back when digital cameras were, like, a thing, you know, before we all just had them on our phone. Um, I remember I had one that had the, it had, like, a sports mode. And that was the one that you could get good action shots. Yeah. I don't know what it's called if it's autofocus. I am a, I went to art school. I took a lot of photography classes. It was never a thing that I was, that res, I, I never remembered any of the terminology. It wasn't very good at it. So, um. Because I remember school was yeah. extremely expensive at this time for the, uh, for photo, you know, for the, the film and to go into a dark room and like, you know. <clears throat> develop the film and I just knew that it, it was very important when you were taking shots to center your subject and try to you know limit any sort of kind of movement yeah, and keep it straight. Yeah, think about like that this is all film. It's all film. Is this like completely before digital? Like that's wild. 100%. I don't think digital gets in there until probably hmm, gotta be the mid 2000s. Well, I don't know. I worked, Once you go HD, I think that that's on digital. I worked at a magazine, mm-hmm. right? And it was I worked at, for a sports magazine and a paintball magazine in the in the two thousands, mid two thousands, and it was ninety eight percent of our photography and our, our photographs that we got were digital. So I don't know. I mean, I, don't know. I mean, I do know we that we didn't have to deal with slides or you know, scanning or any of that. It was all everything was. Di- I think disc. a lot of this stuff, at least in the beginning, is on film. I think it's on, which is what the issue was, because he's renting the Mid Hudson's, he's renting these venues, and then he's also paying the money for. Yeah, the but film. you're talking about, you're talking about the video right now. You're not talking about. I'm talking about photography, like for the. the Chen, the camera he magazine. was using was from 19 fucking 20. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't come at me with a flash bulb even, that was the size of a fucking giant Gonzalez's head. I and haven't you're even here. noticed the camera because the disguise he's wearing is like Harvey Whipple's disguise is the most stereotypical like Asian or like Not old Asian, person. Just like old timey like glasses yep. disguise. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's <laughs> he blinds Hulk Hogan with this disguise. Is the point with the camera. Which is how Yokozuna is then able to win. So, so Yokozuna the like t- does like a fireball. Yeah, it does like a fire that fireball <laughs> effect. Yokozuna has been consistently winning matches mm-hmm. using salt, either himself or Mister Fuji throwing salt in people's eyes, and then he squashes you. But now we had to go. Listen, it's a pay per view. We had to. We had. We had to go big. We had to bring out a 1920s camera. Bring get the guy on the ring apron. 
the main thing we went through in the King of the Ring, which I'll still always come back to, is just like, how are we, you know, we, we play very fast and loose with the rules. I mean, Earl Hebner came out at the end of the King of the Ring to make sure that he kept things straight and said, wait a minute, <laughs> Luna Vashon tapped Bret Hart with that chair. We need to, mm-hmm. we need to keep going. Um, but, but. Earl, always involved. Always, always involved. In but controversial situation. In this Hulk Hogan situation, there was there was no voice of reason. So we were showing again on Monday Night Raw that Hulk Hogan lost. There was no conversation about Jack Tunney potentially doing a rematch or anything. It's just it's over. No. Yokozuna's now the champion. We moved Yokozuna on. Yokozuna lets you know Hulkamania died. Mm-hmm. Death to Hulkamania. Hogan went down and America has fallen. It's, and we get it all, it's fallen. They're going to celebrate their Yokozuna. And they're not going to tell you how yet. They're going to tell you how later, but they have an event planned for Something. a very special American day. Stick around to the end of the episode. In a special place that is important to America. So this was clearly filmed either prior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, not too much prior with knowledge that they would win, or it was filmed, you know, let's say that day, whatever Oh, I think it was. that it's been known for a long time that sure. that he was getting the belt. I think that's been a thing Sure, but I'm saying they time. filmed that because then we go right into this Mr. Perfect L.A. Gore match. Okay. <sighs> Who are you, L.A. Gore? Pat? Where are you, L.A. Gore? Pat. Yes. The deep dive I've been going down about L.A. Gore, because you were just like... Look at L.A. Gore. Please look at L.A. Gore. Look at this man, L.A. Gore. This is look at this unbelievable jobber, and it's true. He's very impressive. <laughs> He's a specimen of a jobber. He. It's almost like you're watching two non-jobbers. He's a 1985-esque wrestler with the with the hair and and just his mannerisms, and his name is fucking L.A. Gore. And here's the thing, I have found websites. That say, Unsolved Mysteries, where is L.A. Gore? Where? I went down a Reddit rabbit hole of people looking for L.A. Gore about speculation about where the name L.A. Gore came from. Is it supposed to be a take on Al Gore and Mm. how Vince McMahon is, you know, kind of anti-liberal, anti-democrat? But no, because he was L.A. Gorgeous back in WCW. Mm. Okay. So L.A. Gore is just shortened of L.A. Gorgeous, but we can't find who the fuck this guy is if you are out there and know. If you're L.A. Gore and you're out there and yeah. you're listening, which we know you are, we, you have to be. There's nothing else you're doing I right would assume. Now. I would assume you are. 30 years later, you're like, you know, I want to go on this podcast. It's Where is he now? What is he doing? He's only in like eight matches. L.A. Gore, wherever you are. <laughs> We wish you well, and we wish you good tidings, and we hope the past 30 years have been great to you and for you, and have been nothing but pro- uh, prosperity. Obviously, this gimmick, you know, didn't continue. If you're listening to this, and you're like, ugh, I don't feel like firing up the, 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 the peacock, I don't want to put just on... type in L.A. Gore. Just type in Mr. Perfect L.A. Gore. This match comes up, it's on YouTube. Um, oh, no. You should probably watch it. If you're listening to this, this is... This is the shit that you're in here for, If right? you don't know, now you'll know. L.A. Gore. L.A. Gore. Spoiler alert, he's winning a lot of things this week. We were also <laughs> treated to a Marty Jannetty doink match. Eight minutes, 45 seconds. It's tough. There's possibly 25 clowns. Nobody actually knows the full amount of clowns. As Macho Man would have you know. Um, 
It's tough because... Uh, Vince McMahon blowing his lid because a doink came out with a jacket on, went under the... Mm-hmm. Without a jacket, went under the ring, then a doink, a doink reappeared from under the ring with a jacket on. He's like, he didn't have a jacket. The original doink didn't have a jacket. And I'm thinking maybe his jacket's under the ring guy. I don't know. Not a fucking jacketologist over here. Like, but you should we be. Not, you should be amateur we keep a, Apparently we keep a lot of crap under that ring, so... There is. Well, Doinks, I mean, jackets, tables. When you need props, you uh, put it under the ring. Jerry Lawler during multiple Royal Rumbles. Listen, like, things go under the ring. Let's not discuss <laughs> Jerry, Lawler's, uh, Jerry Lawler's activities and I think, Royal Rumble 98. Like, let's let's relax. Or No, probably 95. I it's think. either 95 or 96. Let's if let, not if if not both. Because then then he does it on one, and then on like on the next one, he tries to do it again, and somebody like throws him back into the ring because they're all pissed off, or I think it's on the same one. Mm-hmm. Long story short, these two behemoths, these two titans, these two dark side of the ring uh, <laughs> subjects from this season, both Marty Jannetty and Doink, end up with a double countout. There's a dude in the crowd dressed like a clown. I know. In solidarity with. The 25 doinks. I'm not mad at him. And also, 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 also. Who is this guy? This Bob Backlund super fan that is at every Manhattan Center show. Like 10th row back, bright yellow shirt with simple letters. Bob Backlund. I don't even know what it said. Something Bob Backlund. But the thing is, is that... He's always wearing that. He's there... Every Manhattan Center show. They're only doing these shows like okay, once every so two weeks. He's, he's there just every there. two weeks in the same spot in the same shirt. And I need to know if anyone knows this gentleman because I am so intrigued. If Bob Backlund Superfan 69 is out there <laughs> and we know you are. And like, is this, is this like a bit? Is it a bit that he's wearing this Bob Backlund shirt? Or is he know. really passionate about Bob Backlund? I'd say this guy looks to be about maybe 18 to 24. He looks young, right? We, we have two people that are that did some wonderful bit work this week. Because we also had the Hulk Hogan guy who was dressed as Hulk Hogan during the King of the Ring. Oh, my God. I think I this guy. Oh, well, I mean, this isn't even... This guy just, he shows up. He's like the Bob Backlund super fan. The guy dressed as a as a clown in solidarity with Doink. He's not even a Doink clown. He's like his own type of clown. I was in, I was into that. I, um, you know, but what you forgot to mention was before this Marty Jannetty Doink match, there's an in ring interview with Razor Ramon, right? Um, where he has a bag, right? Bag is filled with ten thousand dollars that he would like to offer the one two three kid. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie, for a rematch. And that's important because during the next match that we have after Marty Genetic Doink, which is Owen Hart. Welcome back, Owen. Welcome back. I've missed you. Owen Hart versus Dan Dubiel. I don't know. How, I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, during this match, we get two things. We get the pleasure of knowing that Owen, ha- Owen Hart is back. Yep. And since this is a rewatch, we know where. His arc is going. Correct. And it is one of my absolute favorite things about the new generation. We know that you love the Slammies. We know you love the Slammies. It's more than the Slammies. It's more than the Slammies. It's it's so much. Um, I love Owen Hart. But during this match, the one, two, three kid calls Vince McMahon and the whole commentary team. And he accepts Razor Ramon's offer. 10K. So next week at the Mid Hudson Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. 
He's there. You get your match, Pat, your match that you've been waiting for been since waiting the for beginning it. of this year. I have. This is actually the one match I was waiting for that I remembered as a kid. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'm here for it. What do we get after this? We get footage of the Undertaker, yep. PJ Walker. That's what I was going to say. Matt it's the Undertaker, PJ Walker. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at my notes. Undertaker. And then... Um, I didn't... And I'll be honest. Like, once it started, I kind of zoned out. I shouldn't have because I... No, you did get the commentary from Superstars. You didn't get new commentary. So, it was fine. Um, then Jerry Lawler comes out. Well, then we're reminded of Jerry Lawler's treachery as Jerry Lawler comes out. Yes. So, the commentary team is talking about his treachery and about how he beat up Bret Hart and he yeah. was whatever... And then he comes out to, you know, Burger King chants and wrestles. And again, the the timeline, you know, this time is, is truly a flat circle because this is June 7th, but Lawler did a despicable act on June 13th at the King of the Ring. But now it's June 14th that we're watching this. So we as the audience at home. We hate the guy. We hate the guy. Because like, he you beat, beat up Bret Hart you, you after Bret Hart won. Like, what a thing. That's our guy. We are- you couldn't be watching this at this time and not love Bret Hart. Like, yes. And, I mean, he's your guy. He's your face. They made him your face. He's your yeah. face. And I'm a heel lover, and I fucking loved Bret Hart. He's your so face. So he was, you know... Um, <laughs> Lola comes out in pink and black. Bright pink singlet. Mm-hmm. A la Bret Hart style. Mm-hmm. Like, hot pink. Black Kate, like he is in Bret Hart's colors. He's wearing his colors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's doing the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Burger King chant. Oh yeah. Bobby Heenan storms out in solidarity to stop the Burger King chant. He, he, he can't he, handle it. He can't handle it. It's so disrespectful to the king. Um. Bobby comes back and he has a scoop. What's that? His scoop is. His scoop is the uh, Mr. Fuji Yokozuna situation. And what is that? I do believe. Let me just... I do declare. I do declare. Okay. The scoop is... In, in an attempt to embarrass... America. The entire American nation... All of us. USA. Including... All of America. Including, you know, um, it's unincorporated territories. Mr. Fuji is planning a celebration on the 4th of July. Very specific day. Okay. To challenge any American professional athlete, not just wrestler, not just wrestler. Not you, Pat, because you, at the time, at least, were not a professional athlete. Cross promotion, though. We want some cross promotion. Let's get anybody. Any American professional athlete athlete to try and body slam Yokozuna. What do you win? I think you just win. Um, I, I think you just save America from the ultimate embarrassment and you win the honor. Unless there's something that you win that I didn't pick up on. No, that was it, it was a good recovery. I purposely threw that at you because again, they're hyping up this whole thing. You just get to know no that actual... you, you fucking saved America. Here's what you get to know. Like, this is scary. Like, this country could go down. If you were a heel (laughs) and you are somehow able to body slam Yokozuna, you will instantly become a face. That's what you're getting. You get the ultimate promo to make yourself go from a heel to a face. 
Um, yes. Clearly. That's what you win. I, I don't understand how anyone could body slam such a man and not instantly so become the American hero. Icon. The American dream. Mm-hmm. So my, my recommendation would be if anyone is out there with the ability to go back in time, if your reputation was sullied prior to this and you're a professional athlete, maybe try to jump in, slot in, try to do this body slam challenge. If you can do it, then you're instantly loved by everyone because fuck a Yokozuna, right? Isn't that what we learned? Isn't that the moral of all of this? Fuck a Yokozuna. I think it's fuck a Lawler. Mm-hmm. Fuck a Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett got screwed and probably deserves a chance at the belt. But Did he Brett won't. Screw Brett? But also, Brett needs to get some revenge, right? Um, That's true. Did Brett screw Brett? I don't believe yet. Got it. Okay, oh, fair. that rhymes. Mm-hmm. I made a rhyme in my own time. Um, Let's check in with our meter um, regarding Brett screwing Brett. Okay. Did we see anything here that moves uh, this needle of what went down regarding the most infamous wrestling event of all time, the Montreal Screwdriver? Um, I don't. I think we saw it at the King of the Ring. I am I don't remind- think we saw Yeah, I'm there. reminded from the King of the Ring that Earl Hebner, I, I didn't even, he's just involved in all of the shenanigans. And all the shenanigans. Whenever there's a high shenanigan. A high shenanigan, yeah. A high level shenan. <laughs> high level shenan. <laughs> you got your boy Earl. Um, Without a shillelagh, they'll bring him in. the thing with... Um, or Donnybrook. The whole scenario... <laughs> Donnybrook. The whole scenario between Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon and the, and the belt that I'm not going to go into again, but I did talk about it a King little bit Ring. on The King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from Bret's book. That, you know... Kind of, if you believe everything that, from Brett's side, mm-hmm. your boy Vince isn't looking too great. Not great. Right. Um, so, but, but I'll always go back to, and I feel bad because I do think it's kind of screwed up, but I'll always go back to like, this is your job. You're leaving for another company. And just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you shouldn't, you don't get to write the stories. I don't know. uh, Unless in your contract you have full creative control over your character before you depart. Just saying, not saying. Saying, not saying. Hashtag wrestling with shadows. Hashtag I've seen the documentary. Unless, why is there even a documentary about this before it happened? Like, there's so much. Donnybrook match. Um, Let's get back. You know what would be a fun, that could never happen? I know you want to get back. Mm-hmm. But a fun thought experiment that again could never happen. Okay, fair. If the screw job was between like Bret Hart and someone who I liked less than Bret Hart, if I would still feel like mm, maybe I'm not completely on Bret Hart's side in this. You know what I mean? Maybe I think it's either A, a screw job or B, like A, a work or B, like, mm, you know, like. Calm down. If it was somebody like, like Alex Luger, you know what I mean? I probably would. I probably would be Team Brett. But with hindsight being what it is, those people aren't even there to be in that position for that. So, I mean, again, I okay, hear you. I'm just saying me and how, okay. God, it's like. I'm, I'm the king of non-hypothetical The king of, of non-hypotheticals right here. Who was your winner this week? Um... I mean, I feel like it has to be Yokozuna, right? That's fair, but mine is LA Gore. Uh, okay. 
There was a sighting. I kind of also a little bit uh, Jerry Lawler. He really works the crowd. He really comes out in fucking Bret Hart's colors. Like, it's true. Kind okay. of. I'm gonna give it. Okay, yeah, we'll go to LA Gore. We have to. We have to. We're contractually obligated. How much How much time did you spend on researching any of the other participants in this event? You only spent time looking up LA Gore. We'll give her What's the, the mystery of it all? It's anyone else you look up, you get an answer. LA Gore, it's like there's there's nothing. They're like, where's your 1099 slip? Like, what's your real name? I'm like, I'm on the internet. You're supposed to give me all the answers. Are you son of where Texas? Where's answers? your Texas tattoo? I don't understand. Son of Texas. So, my loser of the week. Believe it or not, there is one. It's America. Um, we lost. <laughs> we we were promised Hulkamania. And we were promised the savior. And what we were given was just not that. We were given shenanigans that not a single president, not a single um, referee, not a single promotion owner stepped in to overturn the shenanigans that was... The photo bomb incident of June 1993, and we lost our champion, and he's gone into the abyss. We will not see him again during our rewatch podcast. We will not see him again between now and the screw job. He's gone. He's out. And deuces. <sighs> um. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say America. You know, maybe we'll do this for another ten years. Well, if we do it for another 10 years, that's a different oh, conversation. God. Then we got to find another angle once we get to the screw job. So. Well, we could still work that angle for a little bit. Well, then you'd get into the attitude error. But, again, um, we digress. I'll give it to you that America's a loser. But with the runner-up being Undertaker, dude is still got this, this giant man in a naked suit. He's still got this giant man in a naked suit chasing after him. Now he's got a gigantic bodyguard man stealing his urns and beating him up. He doesn't even get to, to he didn't even get to be in King of the Ring. He wasn't even there, right? Like, what but is happening? Would you happen? agree that the King of the Ring is below the Undertaker? He doesn't need you. He doesn't need to be in your trivial no. wrestling tournament. No, he's the Undertaker. He battles giants named Gonzalez. Okay. He battles bodyguards. He doesn't need your bitch assness. He makes caskets to put people in them. I understand, but I feel like he could have had a match. It didn't have to be. Um... Sure, it, sure. That's why it's a runner up. Well, he didn't and, have and a match because you. he was probably injured. He probably got hurt on the run up between like May and June because this was filmed May 24th. So they probably wrote him off for whatever reason. Yeah, and then he's going to come back afterwards. That's why they're reminding you of who he is. But that's probably what it was, because he'll be back for SummerSlam. We know that. Best dressed. I think it's pretty easy. Is it L.A. Gore? You would like to think okay. that I'm only contractually obligated to pick L.A. Gore in this scenario. <laughs> but the Macho Man's outfit at Monday Night Raw <laughs> was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. Are you pulling it up? Pull it up. Uh, no. No, I wasn't pulling it up. Pull it up. I know. <laughs> Isn't it like hot pink and like all kinds of crazy neon? <laughs> I'm saying pull it up. It sounds dirty and I don't know why. Pull it up. Pull it up. Okay. <laughs> um, what are, you, are you pulling it up? Pull it up. He has some sort of American flag print 
and like a weird tie-dye, like one thing, and then just this neon green hat. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, but you're not even acknowledging, like, his neon green tape, like, with polka dots on it. Oh, no, like, I, I, there's, there's, the patterns that are here. How can I acknowledge here, all of it? It's with the so M, the patterns that are here are just, LA I just see Bobby Heenan in that, like, neon, orangey, pink, Monday Night Raw windbreaker in the background, and that's fucking fantastic You know what, if well. you want to give it to him, you can you No, can I'll give, give it to Macho To Robert. Robert. I'll, I'll, we can give it, we can give it to a Randall. Um... Anything else to add? What's the word that you would describe this week? The word I'm going to use to describe this week, mm-hmm. which is also a cross-promotion for what we'll be doing um, on this feed, is heels. That's the word I'm using to describe this week. Heels. Because there's a lot of heels. Heels won. Heels make the world go round. The wrestling world go round. That's the word I'm using is heels. Okay. I like it. I like that word. Are you ready for next week on Monday Night Raw where we get both a Marty Jannetty doink rematch, best of three falls, and also your personal match, Razor Ramon versus the one, two, three kid for $10,000. Jen, I've never wanted anything more than this stuff. <laughs> I'm excited about these matches. I'm excited for superstars to kick the bucket here with this King of the Ring shit. Like, I'm excited to move. To kick the bucket. Yeah, because um, it, it's hard when we keep doing the same shit over and over again. So I'm excited to get all this stuff done. Like, I'm excited for a new start. Like, I'm excited to get clean slate. Let's start building our SummerSlam storylines. Uh, and like we said, you, you will be listening to this. Jump in when you watch Heels Season 2. We'll be doing Heels Rewatch on this as well. Yeah. Um. Also... I know Pat just told you that you might not get a rewatch next week, a rewatch episode, but I'm going to make sure we do. So let's see. Who, let's let's see who wins. Um, I say why not both? The thing is, they will get a rewatch episode next week, but this episode may not be dropping until next week. I guess so. we'll find out because we I'm planning on dropping this episode on Friday, August 4th. We'll see what happens, everybody. As they like to say in the streets, it's been real, it's been fun, sometimes it was both. Jen, anything is possible in the world, I think, Bye.